Welcome to the latest series of the Palompo PR podcast. In this series, I will be interviewing lots of different businesses from across Scotland, hearing how they are working, what's ahead of them, the challenges they face, and how they're keeping positive in their business. Today, I am speaking with Sarah Jane, who is actually not only... um, a fellow local business like myself, um, an independent business, but she's also a neighbour and a running buddy. So we talk a lot about business, how we operate our businesses, um, how we you know, get new business, how we work with clients. So a lot of that is shared sort of conversation. But the one thing that we've both been talking about, about a lot recently, obviously, is how we're operating our businesses during lockdown. So welcome, Sarah Jane, to the infamous Palompo PR podcast. <laughs> thank you for thank joining me. Thank you for me. having me. Well, thank you. For, thank for, you. Uh, well, we're um, how many doors away from each other, but we're still socially distant. <laughs> Is it four I houses between us? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so it does seem a bit strange recording this from our separate living rooms and home offices right now. But hey, as, as life goes. Um, so I guess perhaps to set the scene for people, they probably want to know a bit more about what your business is, you're an architect and your background. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, as you said, I'm an architect and um, I work from a studio at home. Uh, I just set up my own practice last April after years and years of working in, in much larger practices. Give you a wee bit more background about what kind of architect uh-huh. I am. Um, I'm a conservation architect, which means that I, I've got expertise in working on historic buildings and within historic settings. Okay. Um, while restoring the fabric of, of historic buildings, I'm passionate about breathing new life into, into them and kind of um, in a contemporary way. And I've got a lot of experience in working in education and community projects, but I'm now enjoying getting into some more residential work as I've opened up my, my own practice. Um, I also love interior design and I see that as integral and part of the, the, the architecture. So yeah, that's me summary. Oh, that's you. How long were you in your, um, the last firm that you were with before you set up on your own? I was there for 11 years. 11 years, that's a long time. Mm. And I did my professional exams at um, another practice, um, which was in Edinburgh, um, before, before that, and I was there for three years. Where did you go to uni, remind me? Edinburgh College of Art. So that's a, a five-year course at uni, and then a couple of years um, working in, in an architectural practice, and then you do your professional exams, all before you can actually use the title architect. Architect. And how, what is the difference, well, obviously, from a conservation architect, how do you become a conservation architect? Like, what, like, what is that in relation to traditional architect? Like, how does that divide up? So I can do all the stuff that other architects do, but a lot of it I can do. Um, but it just means I've got um, an extra accreditation and I've got experience in um, conservation, looking after historic buildings, working on listed buildings within settings of listing, listed buildings. And it just um, you just have to do, um, I kind of put a case, some case studies and um, 
um, kind of list of your of your experience to the, the Royal Corporation of Architects of Scotland um, to, to right. get that, to gain that accreditation. How, how many conservation architects are there in Scotland? I guess it's quite a, well, a specialist um, experience skill to have under your belt. Oh, I'm not sure how many of there. I think there's a hundred and something. So, um, yeah. That sounds like a very to... nice niche to be in, or quite. Yeah. And it kind of it kind of opens up doors. If there's a lot of um, buildings that you can get funding for because they're they're listed, mm -hmm. but you need to have a specialist conservation accredited architect to to work on to, work to on unlock okay. funding. Ah, okay. See, I'm learning now, and that's probably why you <laughs> um, bought an old house. <laughs> Would you well, say? Yeah, not, <laughs> not done much work on it yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just sitting there looking at all the things, going, "Yeah, I should do that to it." But yeah always thinking yeah. about it so you've been in business just over a year mm -hmm. um this is not where you thought you'd be in a year with lockdown happening and things totally no no this was the last year was the year of kind of establishing the business and kind of gaining my confidence a wee bit you know a big change from working in an office of 40 people to yeah. working um on my own mostly although i do collaborate with other with other architects um, so this is the year of getting some things built and getting uh -huh. you know some things um, done under my under my own belt, but um, that's all kind of been put been put on hold for the uh -huh. moment. And that's the thing. I mean, pre lockdown, I guess what would a a normal week be for for you? I guess mixture of meetings, Zoom calls, perhaps yeah. weren't the norm a few months ago. I guess that's new. <laughs> Yeah, well, I would kind of try and divide myself, my time up to have about kind of 75% of my time at, at my desk, doing drawings, doing design work, kind of admin stuff. And then the other 25% of the time out meeting clients, mm -hmm. um, meeting consultants, contractors, out, out on site and things. Um, that can vary. Some weeks will have, I'll be out all week and then other weeks I'll be in doing drawings all week. It just mm -hmm. depends what's what's happening. And then so when forced lockdown come, came in, did it change a lot for your business automatically in relation to how you run projects for clients? Because if you can't go on site and you can't go and meet a contractor, I guess that's yeah, site well, obviously not happening. So Yeah, I had four jobs all lined up to start in, in April, May. Right. And um, none of the contractors can work safely. So they're they're all they're all shut at the moment, so none of those none of those projects are going are going ahead. Um, yeah, so it's meant that those those jobs are all are all on hold at the moment. Um, but I did have a couple of jobs where taking all the the site surveys and had the initial briefings with the clients and we're doing doing design work on it. So that stuff that's kind of on the the drawing board, so to speak, I can still get on with working on that and set up um, Zoom, Zoom meetings with them and shared screens so we can talk about the drawings and yeah that's all that's all working out okay actually. And doing all that kind of technical digital communication side of it was that something you were doing before with clients or is that something you're like actually I've now had to push myself into that more because well you can't go meet people and talk about designs and ideas. Yeah I think um, yeah, for me the technical side of you know setting it up, I didn't you know didn't struggle too much with 
but it's more the kind of the way that you communicate I find it a wee bit I feel a wee bit self-conscious communicating in this uh -huh. way and I'm a much more kind of face-to-face person and also when you're designing something for somebody you kind of want to <laughs> meet with them uh -huh. see their see the um you know see the building get get the feel for it because it's all really about about the experience uh -huh. and so initially I find it quite difficult to kind of get that rapport over over zoom mm -hmm. but when you when you get into it and you get over that you know kind of people positioning their camera in the right place <laughs> you're not seeing up their nose and you know all that stuff then yeah I found that actually it works quite well and some of the clients that some clients have to go and see them in the evening because they're working they're working all day and they've said actually do you know what maybe this is a better way to do it instead of you know on a, a winter's night you coming out here for a meeting at eight o'clock at night you know uh -huh. you could be in your in your house and we can, yeah. we can communicate fine so yeah I think it is something we'll probably keep up. Yeah I know and I think that's it when you find that there's maybe meetings that you've had to go to in, in, in every um, business that don't always have to be face to face but I guess the reality is huge chunk of what you do it is great to be there on site meet people properly and kind of find mm -hmm. out what because you can get a lot from body language i guess <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah you get a good vibe about whether people are, are liking what you're talking about and suggesting actually yeah from what you're saying body language uh -huh. um and that yeah it's difficult to pick up on those being nuances when you're on a screen yeah and i guess it might be easier if it's someone you know already to then switch to sort of a virtual meeting situation a little bit because you kind of you know them but maybe yeah. if it's somebody that you don't know it's you don't quite get uh -huh. it yet. yeah uh -huh. i guess it's a big learning curve i mean what else for you from the kind of learning curve i guess technology using that for maintaining meetings and creativity what else have you been learning about and how have you had to adapt so far? I think the, I think the biggest thing for me has probably been actually having that period to, to slow down because I set this business up and I kind of hit the ground running with it. I, had, I was lucky enough that I had some jobs to, to be getting on with and I, I didn't really have any time to actually think about how I wanted to grow, what what I really wanted to do in the business, and just have some headspace, and even to talk to other people. So I've found it quite useful in the past. It's only been the past couple of weeks I've kind of felt like I've been ready to kind of lift, you know, get my head over the parapet and kind of chat to people yeah. a bit more. But the past couple of weeks has been quite inspiring. I've been talking to quite a lot of other women in my industry, and uh -huh. um, yeah, just just getting more of a feel for how everyone's coping just now and how we how we see the, the future um, in architecture particularly um, in Scotland and yeah I think there's there's at least one kind of quite exciting new venture coming out of those chats. Well and that um, probably wouldn't have happened without this situation. No Perhaps. no I don't I don't think it would have because I just didn't have time or headspace for any of that before. before Too then. busy doing the job. And how do you normally uh, get new business? How do you normally find, how do people know about you? Is it through reputation? Obviously, that would be the one part that you'd always want to get new business from. But generally, how do you find that you, you bring new business in? That's what I was 
plan to focus on this year as well, <laughs> but get, having a proper strategy for that. Because I've been really lucky that I've got um, quite a lot of friends in the industry who also have their own practices that have passed me, that have passed me business um, that, they're, that they're too busy to do. Um, I've also, I've also won work through um, competitions. Okay. Um, and yeah, kind of, kind of really word word of mouth. I haven't actually done any sort of promotion. If you look at me, and we'd be talking about that. How bad <laughs> but that's it, isn't it? Because you're too busy doing the job, and I think a lot of people I've spoken to recently have said this: they're too busy doing their actual job of their business and running it and making it happen. They've not had time to think about how to promote themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people, it maybe doesn't come naturally. Um, so it's not maybe the first thing you would think about. You kind of just, um, you know, I'll, I'll get the job done and, and that's the most important thing. Yeah. But it's not really, you need to yeah. you have a balance. Yeah, you have something else lined up and something else keep going. Exactly, yes. Uh -huh. And do you think there's been a big change in the industry? I mean, obviously, for you, there's the conservation sides of our architecture, then there's obviously the more traditional sides of architecture. Do you think there's been a lot of changes overall recently? Um, obviously, a lot of project, well, most projects when it comes to construction have had to pause. But do you notice people doing things differently overall, do you think? Um, <coughs> um, I think that the bigger offices are obviously going to have the the same problems as all big businesses about going back and how they can function um, socially distant. But actually, seen seen quite a lot of nice stuff in architectural press recently of how different offices are thinking about tackling that. So there's some quite kind of creative and fun okay. solutions going around. Um, but I think one of the main concerns about generally in the the, the kind of profession is one for again the bigger offices you know how it's going to affect how social social distance is going yeah. to affect big big building sites and how the length of time that that's going to add on to projects because they're only going to have half the people that they were yeah. hoping to have on site working so that'll have quite a, a big impact on on the industry but also there's a bit of a concern about how just generally that a big recession will affect funding so yeah. for a lot of jobs that'll that'll be quite significant mm -hmm. um but then again and speaking to colleagues who work on the, the smaller residential scale projects uh -huh. there's there's quite a lot of optimism that people have been stuck in their houses for two months yeah. and be hoping to do something make changes exactly or they've realized what their house means to them in relation to do they want to actually move maybe that's a big thing on people's minds or are they going to improve and develop their home yeah and I, yeah. well most people i know are speaking about the improve and develop part over the next year if they're not going to be able to go on holiday for whatever reason mm -hmm. they might spend their money that way yeah well i think I think especially with, with houses, I think people often think that have a problem, we'll just extend and, and that'll fix that'll fix the problem. But actually a lot of the time people have got quite a lot of space in their house and they're maybe not using it using yeah. it the way yeah. they, the way they should be. Um so yeah, I hope that 
you know, um, that this that, that there could be some more work in, you know, kind of reconfiguring houses and and making them work a bit smarter for for people. And what's the? Have you got any exciting projects on just now that or that you've been working on recently from a conservation side and perhaps more of a um, residential side that you can tell us about? Um, I think. Right, well, right now, I could tell you about two that I'm working on right now that are on the drawing board that are um, design projects. Okay. Um, I'm working on a nice um, boot room and um, spare room extension for um, a lovely house, a lovely traditional semi-detached semi house in, in Kilmacombe. Um, we're going to be using lots of nice lots of nice timber finishes internally and externally and we're looking at um having a nice bay window to make the most to make the most of the views out to the front of the house but also kind of having a bit of a play on the on the detailing of the bay window at the front to the rear of the house and um kind of matching almost matching the window to the garden um but the client was quite keen that it still have a level of formality to it because you're going to be seeing it seeing it from the road. So, um, in amongst the timber, it's going to be set on a on a um, nice natural stone stone base, which kind of gives it a bit of solidity with the the timber and glass. So, I think it's going to be really lovely. I'm quite excited about getting that one started. Just preparing building warrant drawings for that at the moment, and the other one that I'm doing some design work on is for again a nice um, traditional house in a conservation area in Glasgow. Um, that client is looking for, they're looking for a, a big shed but they're also looking um, to just generally make the things I was saying make their house work smarter, smarter for them and be a bit more conducive to, to family life. So we're looking at different options for, for them there. I think that they probably don't need to extend. I think they've got enough space in their house to, to reconfigure um, to reconfigure it, to make it work better for them. But um, because it's a conservation area, they need conservation area consent to put sheds up. So we're looking at some options of what they could do, something where we're kind of playing with at the moment is the idea of using a shipping container and cladding, cladding it somehow. Um, some, some quite fun examples of where people have used shipping containers but they've just let the garden grow over them so they're like kind of covered in ivy. I love that. Um, I've only seen shipping containers used not in a residential setting, but I've seen them in was it restaurant and bar sort of area in Manchester. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was just a pop-up area, but there was some, and it was this like cool sort of outdoor food sort of hub idea. Yeah, a friend of mine who was an architect gave up architecture to open her own restaurant. She um, converted a shipping container into her restaurant in um, Newcastle. That's so, so yeah, cool. I think there's. I love the idea of that being a residential setting. Yeah, well, we're just trying to look for economic ways um, to to do something other rather other than a kind of standard yeah. garden shed. Uh -huh. 
And where do you get, I mean, obviously inspiration, but where do you find that when you meet with a client, I mean, I guess it'd be quite nice to know your process really with, with a new client. Inspiration, is it, they, I guess some people might come to you and say, I know exactly what I want. This is it, make it happen. And some people might go, I don't really know, but I just think I need this. I guess it's both, is it? Yeah, yeah, it's both. I think that um, sometimes clients will come to you and say, I know, I know what I want, this is what I want. And you can think, I don't think that is what you need. <laughs> you don't really want that. <laughs> but yeah, you don't, want, you don't want to do that. So <laughs> I think what you need to do is explore the option that the client that the clients came to explore also explore an option that you think might work might work too um but but what I, what i do like is that i don't like to make every building the same i think that every building should represent the people that that use it mm -hmm. and that the the family that i'm talking about in um in, in glasgow that i'm working on um some designs for them at the moment and meeting them they've got they've got their own style already mm -hmm. and it's kind of capturing their style and their personality and their in their new in their in their new work for sorry capturing their style and personality yeah. and, and actually the but i guess you can only pick that up from seeing someone's own interior decor that they've got already i guess yeah. if, if there's somebody that's saying this is my house right now but i want to do X, Y, and Z to it, you can pick up on their vibe compared to somebody who's bought something that's a wreck and th there's nothing about them on it. It's literally they own it. They've not done anything yet. Yeah, and that's where I think Pinterest works really well is starting to get a shared Pinterest board and putting together um, mood boards and collating samples. And it's quite good sometimes to get to get their vibe absolutely wrong because then you know they really don't like that and need to do, <laughs> need to do yeah. something else and that's i think i actually find it just as useful for people to show me stuff and say i really don't like this as i do them showing me stuff that they do like yeah yeah because then you know what to steer away from and do you see there's mm -hmm. trends obviously that the bifold door movement would you call that a movement <laughs> the bifold door living way is that on its way out or is that here to stay does everybody want a big glass box and have this huge open plan kitchen and no doors anywhere or actually do you steer people away from that toward like these kind of trends i would see on the outside looking in thinking that's a trend surely or is it a way of living now I think it depends on on individual families. So I'm working on working on a project where they they want to have a, a closed off a closed off kitchen because things like Christmas Day, you know, the the client said she couldn't wait to get into her kitchen on Christmas Day, close the door on the family. She couldn't think <laughs> of anything worse than having like a big open plan kitchen and nowhere to escape to. Um, so I think it's just down to individual preference, but. Definitely, I think there is a big trend to have uh, the bifold open doors onto the garden, from the kitchen, that kind of, yeah. And would you There's say that you've got a particular style from your own interiors, like a particular era that you look at, or do you feel that you're quite 
impressionable when it comes to design or do you think you've got really set ideas? I think you've got set ideas. <laughs> I definitely think that my style would be contemporary. There's, um, I wouldn't replicate, a, a, I wouldn't replicate a traditional piece of architecture as an extension, for example, the, I, th I think there should be a really uh, clear cut distinction in what is old and, and, what, and what is new. Um, personally, I love kind of mid-century Scandi style. I love bright colours. Um, that would be my my own taste and my own style. But I think as a designer for other people, you kind of have to curb your own style slightly, and um, I think you have to address the needs of the needs of your your client within reason. That you know, as I said, I wouldn't design anything that. That looked that looked traditional onto a traditional house. Uh -huh. And do you find that people <laughs> don't know what they want when it comes to interior style? Do they they don't really know, or do you think actually people are very clear? I know that I feel like I'm quite clear with what I want, but sometimes I see something and think I would never have thought I wanted that, and now I really want that as a style in my house. So I don't know if you see that a lot with your clients. Yeah, I think it's sometimes. I think sometimes people can be very safe in their in their choices, and I've, I've had this you know since I started working in architecture. Clients are very very safe in their choices, and can be a little bit scared to go out of their comfort zone in terms of materials and and color. Um, but once they get to know you and kind of trust you, and you you come about it, you come about it together, and they appreciate your your suggestions. I've got a client just now, their projects used to be put on hold, who has asked me just to pick all the all the furniture for, for a new house because she just wants somebody else to put things together <laughs> that will look good when she moves in. Uh -huh. That must be, so is that the, the most fun part of the job? Is it the design? Is it the, um, you know, getting it, to fruition the whole process like what is what's the bit that you love the most i think what i love about my job is all the different parts to it i really like i really like coming up with the concepts and the and the ideas and then i actually really love detailing it like putting the construction details together to work out how you're going to get it to look the way you want it to get it to look mm -hmm. um and i like working with I like working with like with engineers and contractors and um you know coming to coming up with the most practical solution as well and I'm very open to taking on other people's other other people's opinions about about how we can make it work how we can make it work the, the best and do you quite like it when there's a bit of a problem and a bit of a drama <laughs> as in if you think it's going to go this way and then it turns out it can't you think oh I quite you take that on board or do you go no this was not the way it was meant to be you know when it comes to you know when it comes maybe to planning or something like that when things have had to change out of your control um i would say when i was younger i lost a lot of sleep over 
things happen on site because working with existing buildings you open them up and there's always unknowns it doesn't matter how many surveys you've done there's always something goes wrong there's always something you weren't expecting and that's why i always advise clients to have a decent contingency here for <laughs> contingency these contingency plan is always important financially mm, well contingency money a percentage of your budget should always be mm. contingency um but now i actually see them as opportunities and just that have to just be shows more wisdom, flexible with it. <laughs> hmm? That shows great wisdom. <laughs> but yeah, I think it, I think a lot of stuff a lot of stuff's happened. I found in a lot of projects I've worked on that actually they've they've come they've become better. The problems have actually made them better buildings that that just maybe work better. Um, because you've had to think about the problem more and yeah. And do you see yourself when you're much older living in a traditional property like you are now or do you have the urge to build your own house and a bit of land? Is that is that the big dream? I kind of assume all architects want to build their own house but maybe I'm wrong in thinking that. Um. I think I think if you just gave me a big field and told me to build something in it, I think I would struggle because oh, really? <laughs> what I like to do is respond to context and respond to the ah, historic okay. the historic fabrics that's there. And even I've done new builds, but they've been always been within the context of a of a historic building or a historic setting. So I really respond well and enjoy the challenge of designing within that sort of context rather than just being given the free reign to, uh -huh. to do anything. I quite like some some restrictions to the to the problem. That's interesting. And where do you think, you know, over the next well, people always say this, where will your business be in five years? Nobody has the answer to that, but where do you like it to be in five years? Do you see yourself expanding having a team or do you think maybe i don't know the answer and that's okay i think if you'd asked me at the beginning of the year i probably wasn't sure but now i've started to think i really like working with other people like like working with other designers i like collaborating yeah um and that's what i want to do i want to grow i want to grow a business that um collaborates with others so, yeah. you know I'm so lucky to have a network of such talented designers and architects that I know and I know that are good at certain at certain aspects and what I'd like to do is build a business that has that kind of um, collaboration there and not see other businesses as as competition but as you know an opportunity to do something better than you could do just just on your own yeah, just in yeah. your just in your practice i think that is actually an attitude that i see more in the creative industries than anything and i think there used to be an attitude of everyone's kind of competing but actually everybody has such a different skill set mm -hmm. and something to give yeah, and in the past I've collaborated with, with artists and I love the way that they bring a, a kind of different point of view to it and it and just it all brings that it all makes it much richer. Yeah. Wow, makes me want to go and design a space now. <laughs> Come up with ideas. Well, I know a space I can design. <laughs> and another question quickly before we round up about 
social media. So from your perspective, there's two sides, I guess, for you. One side is about design and inspiration, working with clients. So the social media you use for that, but then there's also the other side, the social media that you use for yourself and your own business. So you've already mm-hmm. mentioned Pinterest. I'm assuming Instagram is big for clients more than ever because there's so many Instagram, Insta bloggers, Insta influencers from an interiors perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Architecture as well. There's there's lots of stuff on there. Um, and it's great. I, I love being on there and, and finding inspiration and looking at what other people are doing. And yeah. But I for think, your I own business, you're probably not promoting yourself enough on Instagram. <laughs> no, I'm not at all. That's something I that for. Uh-huh. I think that is, um, I find it difficult because yeah, you're kind of putting yourself out there for, for criticism and yeah, that's, the, that's a kind of confidence thing, I think, to be able to, to do that. I think it's um, the reality is everybody wants to see what everyone's doing. So I think once you've started to do it more, it's easier. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll trust you. Yeah, you trust me. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sparing some time during lockdown to chat about um architecture during these times and how things operate and really interesting to hear your take on you know design and all of your influences and how it all works and i think that's really interesting and who knows what the next couple of weeks are going to bring but hopefully building sites will get back going projects will kick back into place but the zoom calling might tone down a bit but actually, in a way, it's kind of got a, a nice opportunity now for you to keep up with clients that you might not have been able to before. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, fingers crossed to be able to get some some construction sites going and get, get some stuff finished this year. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you.